Welcome to this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping project managers sharpen their PM skills. All project managers think, and they're right, they need to develop their scope, schedule, and budgeting acumen. They need to know how to manage those three things. But there's one skill set that can help you pull all of those things together. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, I'll be talking with Chris Perry, Senior Vice President and Program Director with Wolpert, an industry-leading international architecture, engineering, and geospatial design firm, and a civil engineering graduate of Case Western Reserve University. And Chris is going to go into what that overarching skill set is, and I can tell you right now, it's related to client management. With that, let's jump right into today's episode. All right, now I'd like to welcome our guest onto the show for today. Chris Perry is the Senior Vice President and Program Director with Wolpert. And Chris, welcome to the Engineering Project Management Podcast. Thanks for having me. All right, so Chris, just to get us going here, in your own words, tell our our audience a little bit about yourself. What is it that you do on a daily basis for Wolpert? So my background is uh, civil engineering. I've been with the company now for over 30 years, and the bulk of my project work, my client work over the years has been land development type projects, mainly for private sector clients that are doing commercial, housing, industrial type projects. Over the years, uh, my experience has grown from being a project engineer to being a lead engineer, project manager, and now program director, where a big part of what I'm doing is not only helping our teams with projects, but also helping our clients advance their projects and and trying to find bigger programs for us to work on. Is a program like a kind of a portfolio of projects almost? Yeah, most of our clients are actually, we call them either rollout programs where a client's building more than one of something or more than 80% of our work is repeat business. And so a lot of our project types uh, that we're working on, we actually work on the next year at a couple different locations, the next year more locations. So we really focus on making sure we have repeat clients. And so following up on that, based on the fact that you know repeat clients are so important in our world, which I totally agree with, also knowing that for most project managers, when you start to get some training, you know a lot of times the training focuses around the hard PM skills, like managing scope, schedule, budget. But maybe you can talk a little bit about why client relationships you know, are so important when it comes to project management. All of those uh, project management training things are absolute critical to becoming a good project manager. You have to understand the project, you understand the disciplines that are working on the project, understand scope, schedule, budget. That's all the baseline information as a project manager you have to have a good handle on. What I like to look at is really it's that client relationship. And I feel that's really the key to the business, the key to expanding the business, turning clients into repeat clients, having them come back for more opportunities, maintaining and expanding those existing relationships based upon how you approach the project and how you interact with the client are all just as equally important as to the quality of work that the design team is putting together. And the way that I've always looked at it is, You can win clients based upon your approach, your responsiveness, but you can also lose clients 
for the lack of responsiveness, the lack of communication. So we really work with our teams to make sure they understand not only the technical side of what they're doing on their projects, but also that relationship with the client and how important that is. A couple of specific things related to that would be making sure that we're listening to our clients, making sure we understand their projects, understand the needs that they have, understand their business drivers you know, for their project. It's not just an engineering project they're doing. It's a much bigger a project than just the engineering work we're doing. And so understanding what their priorities are, what their goals are for a project, and then making sure that we're making our client's life easier. That's what it really comes down to. When we focus on that relationship and understanding our clients, you know, that's how we can really help them. In the PM training that we do typically, we have an exercise where we ask our participants to talk about what their firm expects of them as project managers, but then we also, what your clients expect from you, which can be a little bit different. And clients often will say things like, make me look good, make my life easier, you know, things of that nature. So you have to really think about it in that perspective. And, and really, I think it's important to highlight what Chris talked about in terms of, again, repeat business, because a lot of project managers don't realize that you are kind of the cash flow engine of your firm in multiple ways. One of them, because your management styles or management abilities can drive the profitability of the projects in terms of scope, schedule, budget. But also, if you're building the good relationship with the clients and they're bringing you more work, that's just another way that you have that financial impact on the firm. So there's a lot to think about there, but it is really important stuff. And, and Chris, I want to ask you, things have changed over the last few years, obviously, with COVID and everything that's going on. We have a lot more people working remotely. How can project managers still kind of maintain a high level of service and interaction with their clients, even when we're not all on a project site together anymore like we used to be? There's a number of challenges. One of them, we don't sit next to each other any longer. Our teams are within our company or in different places. Another challenge for today is being short-staffed. I mean, you talk to other engineering and architecture firms, and they're kind of dealing with the same problems of not having enough people. And then on the client side, they have very high expectations with extremely fast-paced schedules. So what we try to do with our guys is making sure that we're communicating with the clients, making sure we're talking to them, whether it's good news or bad news, is if we're talking to them on a regular basis, a daily basis, we can keep them in tune with what's going on with the project. And then we make sure that our teams are solution-focused, next-step-driven. There's going to be challenges on projects. There's going to be problems and making sure that we're thinking ahead. So when we bring a challenge to a client, that we're also thinking ahead of how do we solve the problem. We used to talk about uh, the main three drivers for our services were schedule, budget, and quality of work. And a lot of times when clients are getting very, there's one that's more important than the other. We used to say, pick two of those. We can focus on two of those things, schedule, budget, and quality. Well, today, quality is a given. You have to have quality of work. It's now, how do you balance all three of those? And what we've found is the, the schedule and the budget is making sure that the teams fully understand the schedule and the budget, make sure the client fully understands our schedules and our scope of work, which in turn is our budget, making sure that everybody's on the same page. It'll help us balance that uh, much better than we used to be able to do. And by not having all the teams sitting next to each other, what we're really relying on is that technical capability of the team leaders making sure that the support people on their projects are being communicated to, 
you know, when we used to sit next to each other, we would talk all day long next to each other. Now that we don't sit next to each other, guess what we do? We talk to each other all day long. And it may be talking, it may be chatting, it may be texting, but we're using all the technology to make sure we are communicating on all of our projects. And I feel like that's time that we've been, you know, during COVID as far as is a whole change in our business model. I think our communication in a lot of cases has gotten a lot better because we are open with it you know, 24 seven all day long. It's not just only when you see somebody live and in person. One of the things that I like a lot about that is you do hear a lot of times people talking about budget, scheduling, quality, like again, these PM skill sets. I do think that the way to manage those all effectively, which we often tell our training participants is having those good people skills, right? Going back to what you said earlier, right? If there's an issue with the cost and you're able to communicate it effectively and ahead of time with the client, you can smooth that out and work it out. If there's an issue with the schedule, if you get out in front of it, if you can communicate well, if you can look at it and figure something out, you get ahead of it. So it really comes down to, yes, those different PM areas are important. And a lot of times it takes those client relationships and the people skills to be able to manage all those effectively. And I think sometimes that's what people are missing through that. So it's good to hear you reiterating the importance of that and that communication and how to go about doing that. And I guess one kind of follow-up question on that is, how about in terms of communicating with your clients, communicating both for the short-term and the long-term so that you continue to drive value? I think, you know, like you said earlier, which I think is something we have to keep thinking about is, this is hopefully not a one-and-done client. So how do you communicate to show them that you're not just thinking about tomorrow or today, you're thinking about the future? Yeah, I think that's the, uh, when we're trying to balance our, schedules, our budgets, our quality of our work. As a project manager, and you instill that with the project team, is how do we provide value to this client? Where can we provide value utilizing our experience in this business? How do we find you know some of the, the new tools, technologies that we use on different projects? How can we bring that to this specific project with this specific client? And so using that experience and using the tools, I think is a great way to show to a client or help them understand the value of the services that we're providing. We're not just providing only X for Y dollars at Z quality. It's There's a lot more to it than that. And there's quite a few areas that we look at as far as trying to provide value to our clients. I love that. So it's really like showing them a kind of a well-rounded approach and all the different areas are able to provide value, not necessarily maybe in just specifically the project management, but we have other resources that we can bring to the table. We have technology we can help you with to forecast your projects and things of that nature, showing them that they're getting a lot out of their relationship with you. And it's not one-dimensional, so to speak. This is an area that I really enjoy in my career. And I've kind of made up this term on my own. I call it smarter earlier. A lot of our clients, when they are starting a project, they're let's say they're looking at a piece of property that they want to build some type of a building on, and there's a lot of uh, they call it a due diligence phase where we're looking into a lot of different engineering things. The legal is looking into legal things, entitlements. We start looking at environmental issues and such. But what helps our clients? The value we bring to our clients is let's help them be smarter earlier. Smarter earlier, meaning one of the tools we use is we call it a a site investigation study, an SIR, and we research the property to determine what they're allowed to build on the property from a zoning perspective, what the property can take as far as utility services coming to the property, stormwater management, uh, geotechnical services, environmental services. There's a lot to investigate on a property. And what we're trying to do is to try to find those challenges to the property. Challenges meaning what you're allowed to develop, 
how much it's going to cost to develop, how long it's going to take to develop. If we can identify those things earlier in a project, then our clients can then make decisions, better decisions as far as proceeding with a project, or maybe they don't proceed forward with a project based upon one of those criteria. So that's one area we really look at is, is doing those early site investigation studies to help our clients understand the properties. Another area that we look at is most of our projects, the, the projects are typically high confidentiality. So we talk with our clients about what we're allowed to talk to the local communities about, because getting the local communities engaged in the project early is a great way to find out if it's going to be a straightforward process, an easy process, or a very difficult, challenging process. And so we like to try to engage the city officials as early as we can, bring those stakeholders to the table, and that way they can help us you know, map out the process to get approvals for the project. And then one last area that we've on a technology side that we use, it's a, a relatively newer tool that's called SiteOps, and it helps us evaluate the site development costs on a project. And this tool, what it does is it allows us to evaluate not only the design, but with the parameter of cost, unit cost from contractors, all of it at the same time. And what that does is it lets us take a look at a piece of property and let's say what used to take us weeks to evaluate a project now takes us days. What used to take days now takes us hours to come up with the site development cost for a project. And so again, being able to do that earlier in a project, earlier in the process, it helps our clients be smarter earlier. I mean, that just gives them, gets them so ahead of the curve and what they're trying to accomplish, you know, and again, put so much more value on what you're able to offer them. And I would imagine, Chris, when you're talking about that last part there and doing some of that site with the site ops, you could probably look at earthwork and all kinds of stuff like that, right? That's exactly what it does. That really is when you're looking at, you know, developing on a piece of property, a lot of cases, they have a good idea of what the building is going to be and how much the building is going to cost. The biggest variable is the property, is the site work. And that's why a tool like this helps us identify those issues much earlier in the process. From my experience myself working as an engineer in land development, that due diligence is such a great avenue to be a differentiator if you do that well. Because again, a client's coming to you with a, a parcel of property. If you're the more information you can give them, like, hey, there's some wetlands here, there's some historical issues here, that may save them thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on making smarter decisions, passing on a property, buying a property, having to buy a property next to it for whatever reason. So I love that because if you have to put yourself, I think, in the customer's shoes, right? And if you're looking at making an investment, it's like when you go to buy a house, the more information you can get around that property or about that property, it's a differentiator. And to me, the other value for that, part of that is the next time they have a property, if you did a really good due diligence study, they're obviously coming back to you. And when they come back to you at that stage of the project, the project is most likely yours, assuming they go forward with it. Exactly. Well, what's also interesting is we have one, you know, lots of groups we work with that have what we call rollout programs where they're building the same basic building across the country. And one of the jokes that we have is our job is to kill the project. Kill it early before they spend a lot of money. But if there's challenges with it, let's find out those big issue challenges early so that neither side ends up spending a lot of money pursuing a property that's just not going to work. Right. Poke holes in it where you can. And I think that that also builds a lot of trust with people because if I tell you that this property is not going to work for you, I'm essentially, we're losing money because we're not going to get to do engineering work on it. So it shows them that like you're 100% honest because 
they could have strung us along, did some engineering design, done some stuff on it, but they're coming right out front and they're letting us know, which means most likely they're going to go find another site and they're going to call you again. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So lots of good stuff there to think about and digest. You know, the client relationship is such an important aspect of project management. So for those of you that are project managers out there, I know you want to get your PM training. You want to understand scope, scheduling, budgeting, all critically important, but you also got to have a good foundation in people skills, people interaction, client interaction, because that's going to help you kind of hold all of that stuff together. And you'll often find that there's really good technical people you can pull onto your team, but not everybody can really manage the clients effectively. And that's why we wanted to bounce some of this stuff off of Chris. All right. So what we're going to do a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to get one last PM pitfall from Chris and we'll wrap this one up. All right. We're back with Chris Perry, Senior Vice President and Program Director at Wolpert. Chris talked a lot about client interaction today. And now it's time for our PM pitfall segment. And today, Chris, what we want to know from you is what's one of the bigger PM pitfalls or challenges that you've seen in your time as a project manager? And how would you recommend a PM can either overcome it or try to avoid this challenge? The most difficult things as an engineer, as a project manager, is communicating, let's say, bad news to your client. You know, it's easy to talk about all the good things that are going on, but when some things aren't going the right way, some challenges are happening, and there's really some bad news on the project, that can be really difficult to pick up the phone and communicate to the client and explain to them. What I have found is that, and I've done it both ways, meaning I've let it linger and how much pain that was when I let it linger versus attacking it head on. And it's a very difficult conversation, but yet at the end of the conversation, especially with the relationship, there's an appreciation for the communication. So my recommendation is even when there's bad news is you try to address it as quickly as possible, directly, honestly uh, with the client. And that'll be your best path forward as far as the relationship goes. It's great advice. And in fact, our, our lead instructor for our PM training, Anton Alavage, always says, the bad news is not like wine. Like it doesn't get better with time. It's more of like a piece of fish, right? Like it starts smelling worse and worse the longer you let it sit. And so let's be honest, you're going to have bad news on your projects. I mean, this is, it just happens. I mean, that's what project management is, like navigating all the different challenges, whether it's supply chain these days, budgeting, scheduling, something happened with the schedule. So when that happens, you've got to go to your client You've got to flush it out with them, explain it to them. And, and like Chris said earlier, bring a solution to the table. Think through a couple of solutions, bring them to the table right away. And I think what happens in that scenario is if you do that over time, initially, of course, no one wants to hear bad news. But once the client sees that you're bringing it to them to try to help them resolve it quickly and get their projects back on track, I've always found, Chris, that, that then you become one of their favorite design consultants or consultants to work with because they know you're just going to be honest and keep the projects on track. Absolutely. I mean, that trust that you're building throughout the project that hopefully is going to continue on as a repeat client is the key to the whole relationship. All right. Well, once again, Chris Perry from Wolper. Chris, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Engineering Project Management Podcast. We really appreciate it. No, it's been great. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Chris. We do a lot of project management training at EMI. And I can tell you right now, people come into it thinking, I need to get better at managing scope, schedule, and budget. 
and we show the three-legged stool, we talk about all those things, but at the end of the day, if you can't interact with people, if you can't manage clients and their expectations, then you will not be able to manage the scope, schedule, and budget efficiently or effectively. So I hope you can utilize some of what Chris talked about and just think about driving value as a project manager. And remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at www.engineeringpmpodcast.com. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources or websites mentioned during this episode. And until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering project management endeavors. 